Hello and welcome to Art Witch, the podcast where creativity, magic, and healing align for personal and collective liberation. I'm your host, Zanetta, and welcome. Art Witch aims to provide resources for creative empowerment, helping folks make and share their art and also find their authentic expression. In this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of artists, witches, and healers, as well as experts in various art industries and related fields, all with the intention of helping folks share their art and their unique magic with the world. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Art Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Zanetta, and thank you so, so much for tuning in. I am very thankful to be with you all today to circle back up. It is almost the new moon in Scorpio, so, you know, it's always good to gather your witches. It's always good to gather your friends when you feel those big shifts. In particular, I got to hang out with a friend earlier today and I was just feeling, I was feeling the season of the witch in a really different way. Like, oh yeah, you know, like, let's go mix it up. Let's go out on the town. Let's go hang out. Let's go do some stuff. And so I think, you know, as intense as the shift is from Libra season into Scorpio season, Sometimes it's just really, really great to gather with your friends, gather with your magical folks and, you know, have a good time because this really is our season, right? It's, (laughs) I mean, every time of the year is the season of the witch, but I do really feel that when we get into Scorpio season and it's just before Samhain, there's just a lot pulling through for us collectively, you know? I even had a student that I was working with the other day who she was like, I think I'm a witch. And I was like, yes. (laughs) And I just thought that was so, so wonderful and just so sweet. And I think that people start to really feel that in themselves. And those of us who already on some level, some way, some layer identify with the experience of being a witch and whatever that looks like for you, however you define that for yourself, I feel like this time of the year really, really is a celebration of us. So that's the first thing that I want to just put up in our reading space today. We are celebrating ourselves very, 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 very deeply. So before I get into the creativity tarot reading, I want to thank everyone who booked readings with me for this month. Wow, I got to read for so many cool people, people who are doing amazing art in this world and just sharing so much cool work. And it is a a gift to get to witness what you're doing and to support you in doing it. (laughs) So thank you so much for booking readings. I really, really love this work and I love getting to know this community all that much more. 
I will be opening up readings again, but it will not be next month. I have a lot of work that is happening right now. A lot of cool things. I'm in the process of planning a workshop series and I can't announce it yet, but I will say that if you want to be a part of it, because it is for the Art Witch community, please join the newsletter because that is where I will be announcing everything. But keep an eye out for that. That will probably be in the next couple of months. And year ahead readings will happen. I am offering year ahead readings in January, which means I'll be opening my books in December to book year ahead readings. Those readings are larger. They're longer than my normal readings. And we go through the creative journey of the year. We're basically looking month by month at the energies that are coming through for you specifically on your creative path. And what they might bring up, how we can work with them, what might be a challenge, what can you be aware of, any guidance that might kind of hip you to navigating those energies. So my year ahead readings will start in January. I will open up the schedule in December. So if you want to be on that notification list, that is down in the description below. Also, I want to say a big thanks to everyone who signed up for the November 3rd psychic tour of the Brooklyn Botanical Garden with me and Eliza Emerald Swan. I'm so excited. The Brooklyn Botanical Garden is a magical place of fairies. It's just an incredible spot. And Eliza is an amazing psychic teacher, just a really wonderful guide in exploring energy and communication with plants. And I'm going to be doing some guided listening and sonic connection with plants as well and some psychic listening. So I'm very excited for all of you who signed up for that tour. It's going to be awesome. I do think it's sold out now. There might be some kind of notification list that you can get on in case someone cancels, like a wait list kind of option. I'm not sure. But as of right now, I think it's sold out. So thank you. If I see you then, I'm so, so excited. So let's get into today's creativity tarot reading. This lunar cycle begins on the new moon in Scorpio with a partial solar eclipse on October 25th. We move through a full moon in Taurus with a total lunar eclipse on November 8th. And then we end the lunar cycle right before the new moon in Sagittarius on November 23rd. So our lunar cycle spans October 25th through November 22nd. These creativity tarot readings are an exploration of energy and creative practice and process. Understanding how energies come through and impact our work and also how they are collaborative energies that we can work with, not just energies that happen to us, right? There's a lot of agency when we're working with the tarot in this way. So the way that I usually do these readings is that I use the same spread every single lunar cycle. I use the door, the lock, and the key. The door is 
what we are being invited to. It's the very first card that comes through the reading. What are we being invited to this lunar cycle around our creativity, around our art? How can we expand or reroute? How can we deepen? We're being invited into something more. That's the first card. The second card is the lock. This is essentially what is the challenge that might come up this lunar cycle? What might come up as you're trying to step into that invitation of the first card? What challenge might we face, might we sit with, might we learn from? That's a big one. And then the third card is the key. This is what is going to open that invitation. And it's usually something very tangible. It's something that we can do in the more immediate. It's something that we can step into right now. So as we talk about these cards, we're opening up consciously to the energies that are coming through this cycle and we are collaborating with them. So this lunar cycle, I know we have a lot of eclipse energy, so I don't feel like I need to go too far into that. There are a lot of people who talk about this subject with a lot of depth and a lot of wisdom, and everyone feels into those energies differently, like what eclipses might bring, what it means for how you practice magic or how you kind of plan and work with the moon and work with the energies of the moon. Everyone has different takes on this stuff. I'll say that I noticed a tangible shift as soon as Scorpio season arrived. (laughs) I noticed a very tangible shift. It's a shift that is significant and I think meant to be noticed. And that's okay. Some things are more obvious than others. (laughs) So the invitation for this lunar cycle is the king of wands. Wow. 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 The king of wands. We really couldn't have gotten a bigger exclamation point on top of a firecracker, on top of a multi-tiered cake, (laughs) and a big brass band, could we? This is like the card of creativity in many ways. Creativity presents itself in many facets. And there are several cards that I deeply associate with the energy of creation and art making. But I would say the King of Wands is up there in the top five for sure. (laughs) Is up there in the top five. So... This lunar cycle, we get to branch out. We really get to branch out. If you've been thinking about, maybe I'll try this medium, or maybe I'll try this modality, or maybe I'll dip my toes into this thing or that thing. Yeah, go for it, honey bun. (laughs) Go for it. There's energy supporting you in doing so. Energy that might have a more long-lasting trajectory than you might expect. That's not necessarily to say that that's what you should focus on, right? When you're in your creative process, stay in it. 
don't go and like think, oh my God, this is going to lead to this, it's going to lead to that, it's going to lead to this, it's going to lead to that. Especially if you're dabbling in something new or you're just starting to get into a particular thing. But yes, if you've been interested in experimenting and testing some waters, this is a great lunar cycle to do it. If you have been working on something for a while that you feel like you've been like holding back on sharing it with the public, holding back on making it a public offering or putting it out there, like booking that venue or reaching out to that curator or like whatever you've been doing that you've been holding back on. I'm going to say this is time, like it's a great time to reach out. We've got this king happening here, right? And there's a certain point where the energy has to move beyond you and go out into the world. There's a certain point where the creative fire cannot be contained within your vessel and can no longer remain in that sphere. In order for it to keep going, in order for it to have more life and vitality, it needs to get outside of its original crucible. And for many of us, we're familiar with that on some level. It's a slightly weird experience to bring something out into the world because it's almost like it's of you, but it isn't you, but then it starts to have a life of its own. When a project calls for you to release it or give it the space to evolve in the ways that it needs to, Sometimes what happens is a younger version of ourselves or let's say a more formative version of ourselves arises in response. Oh, I couldn't possibly be the person that could get that out. Or I've never made anything like this before. What's to say it's possible now? Or there's like these very limiting energies around what's possible? What right do you have? Permission. Oh, that's such a big one. Permission. Permission, right? Because like a lot of times when when we were younger or something or maybe starting out, it was like someone encouraged you along the line to maybe share your art or maybe, oh yeah, like be a part of this exhibit. Yeah, be a part of this project. Like you had mentors, you had figures like teachers or something like that or people you looked up to. And what happens when we get later in our creative journeys and we're like, hey, there's no one that's pushing us to like put the stuff out there. There's no one who's like saying, hey, branch out, you know, take the risk, go do the thing. There's no one that's telling us also that like, Hey, you're proficient enough now. You can do this now. And we have to be that for ourselves sometimes. And we can even think of it like we have a cosmic daddy coming through (laughs) with this king of wands or something. Like we've got this figure, this like elderly figure that's coming through and being like, yeah, yo, you can do this. You got this. Where is that in your life right now, in your work? Yeah, there's this cosmic eldership that's kind of nudging you to basically 
branch out. Take your work into the professional space. I'm going to parse out these words carefully because I know that they come with many, many connotations and it's good to address them. It's good to address them. We all have different feelings about these words and it's okay. I'll say that professional means you know that you are capable and skilled to present your work in the fashion that it is calling to be presented. You know this. You have known this probably for a while. And maybe you were looking for a clearer sign. Maybe you were looking for a moment where someone would say, damn, that's so awesome. You should put it here. Or, you know, XYZ mentor comes through and kind of gives you like the green light. But sometimes we have to be the ones who say, I am ready. I am ready. I've been ready. I was ready 20 years ago on some level. <laughs> I was, I'm ready now. I'll be ready in the future. Like, <laughs> like the ready factor is something that isn't necessarily external. It's more like the moment that you realize it was never about whether or not you were ready. It was more about whether or not you felt you had the permission. And that's something that's very adjustable. And that's something that's also based off of a lot of beliefs about ourselves. Who has the right to put work out? Who has the right to be visible in this way, to take up the air, to be in the space, to be, you know, this charismatic figure? Who has the right to be the king of wands? You tell me. Who do you think among the artists that you love, among the creatrixes that you admire, who is it that has the right to have that visibility? And here's where the shadow really comes through. This is the challenge for us. It's the six of wands. Who has the right to be celebrated, to be loved to be visible to be admired who has that right do you have that right do I have that right does Bjork have that right why and where did you learn that I think that is where we're really really getting some juice this lunar cycle you know if Scorpio is the sign of the deep waters of truth of like, let's take it there, then let's take it there. When do you get to be ready to make what it is that you want to make and how you want to make it? What would signal that green light to you? Just out of curiosity, take a moment, pause this episode right now if you have to. Take a moment and think to yourself, what would be the signal What would be the sign for you that would be like, oh yeah, okay, I'm ready to tackle that project. Sometimes we're never ready because it never really required us to be any different than we are. The work itself never required us to change. (laughs) That's the reason why sometimes we never get a signal. We don't get a signal because we were fine as we are and we were able to make what we were going to make and it would be deeply relevant and meaningful and a huge contribution to our communities. 
just by that alone. We never had to change. I think a lot of us are coming to terms with that collectively right now. And we're starting to understand the ideas of integrating shadow or healing. For the longest time, people were really focused about healing, right? Self-help books, like dealing with this, dealing with that, you know, so much stuff. And now people are starting to explore the idea of trying to heal yourself is like trying to control something that doesn't need to be controlled necessarily. And so in some ways, when we start to approach our creativity or our creative work in this way, I think that some of that is really, really rooted in almost controlling energy around the creative fire. The creative fire can be very scary. It can be very overwhelming. Fire is incredibly transformative, right? It's exposing. It really, really takes us there and it can really take us through transformation that maybe we're not prepared for. And so some of that also comes through in this challenge around the King of Wands. Maybe the permission isn't so much whether or not you think you're capable, but whether or not you're ready for the transformation. Because you know your work is powerful. Because you know that once it goes out there, it's going to have some kind of change. It's going to change something. And sometimes that's the scariest thing, is the change that we feel on the very edge of our perception, on the very edge of that cliff that we know ourselves. And that's the deepest waters, right, that we jump into when we suddenly go and put a work out there that is like, we don't know what it's going to do. <laughs> so the six of wands, who has permission? Why do they have permission? And also, is permission really just about us feeling comfortable with transformation? Is that our version of a green light? And do we even need that? So we get into the final card of the reading. This is the key. This is what's going to help us make and share the art in the way that it's calling us to do. And it's the King of Swords in reverse. Okay, this is a pretty obvious one, right? If we're talking about permission, who gets the right to be seen? Who gets the right to be an authority? The king of swords to me is often a figure of expertise. Someone who's really established as a wisdom holder. Someone who's really established as a figure to go to when you want some logical counsel, some reasonable counsel. This is the friend that you call when you trust their judgment and you trust their wisdom about things and they're knowledgeable. But those are the figures that get to have the space to share. They're the ones that maybe get to have the space to be valid. There's a validity element here, right? And that validity element is not from nowhere. Someone deems someone else to be an expert. And some of that has to do with training. Some of that has to do with credentials. Some of that has to be 
the position that they hold in society. Sometimes that has to do with how much or how little they align with societal ideals of wisdom. For the longest time, I used to think that someone who was really smart was someone who had a lot of degrees or had like, you know, a subscription to the New York Times or something. (laughs) And this was like, you know, my younger self would be like, dang, I need to read more. I need to pick up a book. I need to like learn a few things before I talk about stuff. Like, I remember thinking there were a couple friends of mine who I was like, God, they're so smart. Like, but I, I feel like I almost can't have a discussion with them because I just know so little. Ooh, that kind of thinking is chicken and egg thinking, yo. It's chicken and egg thinking because you'll never do the things that you need to do to gain the wisdom. Wisdom is experiential. Wisdom is a process. Wisdom is relationships. Wisdom is living. If you have to be the most knowledgeable or the most skilled or the most talented or someone who's just so adept in their field before you go and put out your work, you're going to be waiting forever. There will always be someone who will be smarter, who will have more training, who will be seemingly more capable and more relevant. It will always happen. I feel that all the time on Art Witch. I always wonder, what the hell am I doing podcasting? You know, what place do I have to go and talk to people about these things? But I'll tell you, it doesn't matter because this is my puzzle piece. This is the puzzle piece that comes through me. And I hope that someone else will bring their puzzle piece. And somehow the whole world gets assembled through this beautiful mosaic of everyone's puzzle piece landing together. I don't have to be the sole wisdom keeper. Neither do you. Neither do you. So if that's what's holding you back on some level from putting out your work, if that's something that keeps ringing around and you're just like, God, I can't shake this shit. Well, we're out of Libra season now. We're out of the element of air. (laughs) We're in Scorpio season. Give yourself a break. Eat a piece of candy and go and make your art and put it somewhere where you think it belongs. Have faith. Have faith that your puzzle piece is enough. Have faith that when you show up in this way, it really truly is just making the collective a little bit brighter. The the thing that we have to remember is whatever keeps us from sharing or shining in the ways that we need to, that dims everyone's light a little bit more. It dims everything a little bit more. And so there's something super significant about each of us even when we don't feel like we're that great at things, or maybe when we feel that there's an element of like, who is allowed, who is not allowed, who is celebrated, who's not celebrated, who's visible, who's not visible. Even when that's coming up, we are still, still so, so, so worthy so, 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 so deserving and also 
we do it because we want to do it. There's that too. Like this, this is the funky thing about the Kings that like gets really lost a lot. The Kings know that the individual is the collective and the collective is the individual. They're super connected to that concept. They're super, super connected to that idea of the world, right? The idea of the world, interdependence, personal journey, collective journey, personal liberation, collective liberation. They have a really strong understanding of the self and the self as a part of the whole. So in this cycle, you know, you may get blasted with this eclipse season. It's, it's just real, but what power, what profound shift would it be to just put something in the place that you think it belongs, put your work out wherever it belongs. Even if you just feel like crap on a stick, If you just feel so, so frustrated or you're just, you know, really, really going through the ringer, you know, what if you just put it out there and it wasn't about whether or not it was perfect, which I think is a big six of wands theme, perfection, like, you know, an over awareness of how we are being viewed. The six of wands in the Pamela Coleman Smith deck is essentially a figure on a horse that's surrounded by like maybe a crowd and they're kind of like being lauded. They're being celebrated. They're being uplifted in this moment. Okay. That can be challenging to release the idea of the outcome, right? Like What's going to happen when this is out in the world? Are people going to celebrate it? Are people going to reject it? There's some of that, right? Our sense of self, our sense of like who we have the right to be comes into that six of wands in this challenge position. Also though, six to me is about exchange. It's about give and take. I think of the rune Gebo. When I think of six, I think about the mutual flow of energy from being to being. And there's an antidote to the poison within this poison of the six of wands. If the problem is this idea of visibility and expectation from audience or from others and like whether or not we will be received well or whether or not we won't. The antidote is understanding the mutual care that comes through when we take acts like this, when we become the king of wands, when we send our work out into the spheres that it needs to go to, we're giving nourishment. This is a part of mutual care that occurs from being to being. We depend on each other to make things. Literally, it is life-giving to someone else. It's life-giving to someone to receive your art. And it is life-giving to you to receive someone else's art. There is a mutual nourishment and thriving that is going on when we share things when they are supposed to be shared. 
you can view your creative process and the act of sharing your work out into the world, which I often distinguish between creativity. So a lot of people say creative expression, but I actually separate those two things. I think there is the act of creating something, which is like art making essentially. And then there is the act of expressing it, which is to share it out into the world on some level. I feel that like there's separate kind of processes going on. I know a lot of folks make tons of stuff, but never share it. And it's beautiful and wonderful and awesome. So I want to be very clear here. The project itself has needs, has a place where it belongs. Whether or not that's out in a public space, that's something that the project determines. But the King of Wands here is asking for us to really listen to these projects and say, okay, where does the creative fire want to be shared? Where does it want to brighten? Where does it want to illuminate? Where does it need to be that it hasn't been before? If your project is meant to be just for you, and that is what is authentically coming through as you're connecting with the energy of the project, then by all means, listen to that. Don't go and put it out in a public space. But if you have a project that you feel like, wow, I've been holding the reins and I've been holding back, this is definitely a time to start to move forward. Don't hold back because you're disrupting a natural flow of where this energy needs to go. And it's not to shame you. It's not to give you crap about it, but it's just to let you know if you're channeling art, who does that channeling belong to? Who does that art actually belong to? Where does that art actually come from? Is it just your labor or is it something that you believe comes as through spirit or through source or through the divine or through your connection to a certain deity, to, you know, a certain ancestor? Where do you think that work is coming through and what is your role in this? You're going to probably revisit this many times in your journey. But this is a moment to ask a few of those questions of yourself and the project itself and to see where you can branch out. So let me just recap the invitation for this lunar cycle, the king of wands. Where can you bring your work out? Where can you place your work? What iteration of your work is ready to be shared in the way that it needs to be shared? If you've been holding back, Now's the time to put it out there. Now's the time to start to mobilize on that. Get it going. You're part of a bigger picture here. Six of Wands is our challenge card. This is our lock. Ideas about who deserves visibility, who has the permission to be seen as an authority or to be an expert or to be professional or to be celebrated, who has that right that is coming through this lunar cycle. We will have to really let ourselves be with those feelings and the pain of those feelings as they are naturally coming up and also take the action. We're still moving that energy. We're still flowing through that energy. Threes, sixes, nines. 
anything that has that circular kind of feeling. And many people think that threes, sixes, and stuff like that are of a triangular nature. But as a drummer, as a percussionist, as someone who works in the magic of rhythm, threes sound like circles. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, bum, bum, it's a river that flows it's a river that doesn't stop flowing so when you come to a challenge that you face with the sixes the best thing to do is to keep the flow going use the energy of the three create keep it moving keep the energy flowing in order to move through that challenge and then the last card that came through was the king of swords in reverse understanding that you do not have to be the expert. You do not have to be a wisdom keeper to be an important part of this collective puzzle. You merely just have to put the work where it needs to be to make the work as it needs to be. That's all you have to do. That's all you've ever had to do. Letting go of ideas of authority, hierarchy, and outdated ideas of leaders Okay, that was a lot, my friends. That was a lot. I'm curious how that will land for you in this lunar cycle. I'm curious how you will all work with that in your own projects and in your own creative endeavors. I know for myself, there's a lot there that will probably take me to some really deep places. (laughs) But I would love to hear from you, please. I'm going to share these cards on my Instagram, Sound Art Magic on Instagram. Maybe also on the Art Witch podcast page. It's very tough having two Instagram pages. I'll just say that. I love you all. It's a lot of work having both of them, (laughs) but I'll post the cards and comment below as the lunar cycle goes on, share what your experiences have been with stepping into the king of wands, being in the energy of the luminary that gifts work to the collective. You know, I find that my favorite artists and their works, they're gifts, right? They're gifts. What if your work is a gift? to someone else. Can we be in that? That's like the highest vibration of the six. I don't know if I like that terminology, but I think it's the vibration of the six that gives everyone a little more loving is really like gift exchange. The rune gebo, like we are gifting something to one another when we share, when we're supposed to share. Okay, my loves. So this was the message. This was the energies for this lunar cycle. I hope that you have a beautiful, beautiful cycle. Drink lots of water, rest up, you know, also gather with your friends, make some magic, have some fun, be a witch, have fun being a witch. This is our time together. Do what feels good for you. I wasn't kidding. It's really literally like a party, this lunar cycle. (laughs) We're celebrating you and we're celebrating your art and we're just, we're taking up the space, honey buns. So it's good. It's good feeling. (laughs) So that's the reading for today. I hope you all have a blessed lunar cycle. Please See the description links below for signing up for the newsletter for the upcoming workshop series for Art Witch. And also 
for notifications of year ahead readings that are happening in January. If you want to be on that list, those go really fast. I don't have many slots. January is usually a really busy time for me. So I can only accommodate so many people with those readings. If you want to get a year ahead reading for your entire year of 2023, I will let you all know when those open up. And as always, I hope you all have a wonderful lunar cycle. Take care. If you enjoyed today's episode of Art Witch, please consider subscribing or writing a review. Each and every little bit helps spread the word to more and more people.